We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zion. This time, a contemporary tale concerning the Space Action Podcast! You are the population of the world. With your hosts, Chris Carson and DC and Shama. Well, well, well. This is the weasel. This is the reptile cage. Here are the ducks. Welcome to Space Action Podcast, the official podcast of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I am Chris Carson. I'm Denise Winshama. You nailed it. Hi. Yeah, I know, right? I nailed it like a fucking hammer. And just like popular boy bands from the late 90s. Oh my God, we're back again. Da, 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 da. Hey, you know, as a side note, the last night at like 2 a.m., I went out for a cigarette because the kid was up, and uh, like two houses down, a bunch of like frat boys were rocking out to that song. It's a good song. They were rocking song. out to Backstreet Boys. You know what? They've so come. Like, don't you find they? I think they've earned it. They've gone all the way around. Because don't get me wrong, whenever I was in elementary school and I saw BSB with a heart on it drawn on every fucking desk, I wanted to strangle that person. But honestly, dude, that song comes on anywhere I am now. I, maybe it's just because it's nostalgia. Maybe I don't know if just pop music back then has just written intentionally as an earworm. It's a fucking banger, that one. <laughs> it's a banger. It's a straight up banger. It's a fucking good one, man. <laughs> I think when a group of 20-something dudes are all loudly singing to Backstreet Boys, they may be qualified as mimbos. I, I, I disagree. I think they've, they, they earned it, man. Same with Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. Any Like, pop music now, I was having this conversation just the other day. I'm sorry, gun to my head, if you play me a, ta- a song and you're like Taylor Swift or Billie Eilish, I wouldn't know the difference. But I can oh, tell yeah, yeah. you the difference between NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. I can name <laughs> at least three Spice Girls. I fucking know the All Saints, you know what I'm saying? Like DC, I, DC, that, that's your gray hairs talking. Listen, back the fuck up <laughs> off the 90s, all right? That was the fucking high watermark of all the arts, movies, music, and television. That's true. The 90s was the decade I'm for telling movies. You. It was the great final huzzah before everything just went digital and you go to watch a fucking DVD in theaters. You couldn't write a bad pop song. The worst you got was Smash Mouth, and they're still going. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think I think attaching their wagon to the Shrek franchise is what's kept them didn't alive. Hurt. <laughs> didn't hurt. <laughs> didn't hurt at all. Uh, so what are we talking about? We're back after three months. What are we? What's on the table well, today? We've got a whole backlog, Chris, of stuff that we could talk about. My we God. got a, a shit ton of stuff to talk about. It's yeah, insane. we got a lot. But I think like I think so much so, f- I'm not gonna mention even that I watched Zack Snyder's fucking Army of the Dead movie and yeah, wanted to yeah. cut my eyes out with a fork. You know, just so yeah. that way, at least maybe I could see something in focus. I'm not gonna mention I watched that Chris <laughs> Pratt Back in Time fucking movie. Which I had it. a, uh, I took I took a picture of that Zack Snyder movie that made me laugh so much because I I skimmed through it I didn't watch I skimmed through it, and um, I, at one point I paused it and and there's a scene where there's like a zombie tiger walking across the frame, and in the pause menu when you're skipping ahead the little thumbnail screenshots three of them were the tiger from the yep. beginning the middle and the end of the tiger yep. and each one of those is like forty seconds correct. <laughs> That's correct, and that is the perfect summary of, of that. that movie. We don't need to, we don't need to review it now. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And also, you couldn't see where the fuck it was because it felt like you have glaucoma by the blurriness yeah. in the edges of the frame. That's all you need yeah. to know. Uh, did we talk about the Snyder? We haven't even gotten to what we're talking about. But did we talk about the Snyder cut of Justice League? Oh yeah, didn't did we do we a ever, whole thing on it? 
I thought we did a whole, pretty sure we did a whole episode. Holy shit, dude, you're baby brained out the ass. (laughs) I I found out, like, scientifically, scientifically speaking, the uh, one, I don't remember the name of the gland, but it literally calcifies with lack of sleep and stress. Oh, good. It's it's responsible for memory, short-term memory, and happiness. Huh. (laughs) So baby brain is an actual scientific phenomenon. It's like regulating your fucking, um, whatchamacallit. Uh, see, I can't even remember the damn article I read. That's how bad it is. Well, whenever yes, you're... I remember the poster now. I remember the poster now. Zack Snyder's face coming everywhere. No, whenever you're a curmudgeonly old man with barely a marble rolling around upstairs, just remember you owe me a lot of money. <laughs> That's me now. How much do I owe you? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. Let's get All right. to it. That's right. enough foreplay. People have come yeah. here to hear us talk about certain things. Of the mm-hmm, MCU mm-hmm. variety. Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't, should we go chronologically? Because we could either start with the God of Mischief himself, the TV series, Lorca, or we also have the much delayed. Much, much delayed. Much delayed fucking origin story of, well, not an origin story, interquel, I guess, of one it's Natasha like a, a Romanoff. F- a footnote to the, uh, to, uh, the Marvel uh, Cinematic War. Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Black Widow's... And then we're going to finish off with uh, with Bo Burnham's Inside as a wonderful, upbeat ending to this, this I always knew podcast. one day we'd finish off Inside with Bo Burnham, but yeah. I didn't think... With that. Bo Burnham, I knew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Duh. I say Black Widow. So Black Widow premiered on June 29th, 2021, after being delayed after a hard, uh, no, entire year as of the COVID-19 pandemic. The old, the old COVID. Did pretty well. Not bad, the box office. Doing all yeah, right. Yeah, it, um, I think I'm going to wait for a Dune to be my triumphant return to theaters, mm. if even then, we'll, we'll see how things are, but, yes. um, but Black Widow was a lot of people's triumphant return to That's theaters. Correct. I'm sure they're, they're all fucking getting, killing their grandparents now, but... In general, what? everyone swarmed. Because <laughs> we're nowhere near over this plague yet, so everyone swarmed back to the theater and getting fucking infected. Like, I wish I'm not getting facts. Con- I wish they did contact tracing to that degree where they're just like, you enjoy Black Widow? Yeah? How are your folks? How's the yeah. family? Right? Because like, I'm fully vaxxed now, but I imagine a lot of people who go to the theater aren't mm-hmm. <laughs> just making these wonderful mutations. But it was a triumphant return to a lot of people. That's correct. I saw it uh, on a, a tiny little computer screen. That's correct. <laughs> I, I watched as, it at home on, on my, yeah. my, my modestly sized screen. As, as cinematically meant to be, I guess, watching movies on your fucking phone these days. I don't know how y'all do that, man. Because, like, I don't know. The problem with, especially with these movies, well, maybe not this one in particular. I'll get into it. Um, the visual effects are so granular there's so much shit going on like even if it's not oh, like, right yeah like there's so many great textures and shit like i wouldn't be able to watch like infinity war and get the same appreciation for the job they did on like thanos on a fucking no. phone you know like no i know and like like talia is starting to watch stuff now like she's starting to get interested in in tv so we have like educational baby music videos and stuff for her but every once in a while, I'll, like, throw on a scene from something on my phone and just show her. And she gets, like, all zoomed in and watches it. And I showed her the um, the Avengers Assemble scene from Endgame. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, like, just a, a nonsense of information sure. on, my, on my iPhone. You yeah. couldn't see anything. To the point that a baby was like, what the fuck is this? And, like, wandered off and chewed on a block. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't the give a shit. The fuck is everyone waving around sparklers for? This is 
bullshit. I yeah. hate this. I thought the portals would have caught her attention, but she was just like, eh? Zero fucks <laughs> given. <laughs> Wandered away. Meanwhile, every man child, you and me included, ah, oh, they're <laughs> out walking through. It, it all came to this moment. Ah. Speaking but, of which, um, on an unrelated note, Black Widow didn't really yeah. have to happen. Didn't really no. have, I appreciate the story, like, overall. I did like the family story. It felt like a dysfunctional version of The Incredibles. But, but it was such a, it was a bizarre, like, sex trafficking movie, yes, essentially. It, was. <laughs> it also was that. But then they didn't have the balls to actually make it about sex trafficking. Right. It had to be about, like, super soldiers and, like, Harvey Weinstein. Yes. <laughs> and a very, and very thinly veiled Harvey Weinstein, but whatever. I, like, I, mean, I don't think that was supposed to be subtle at all. But to the worst Russian accent in the history of accents. You leave my buddy Winston alone. <laughs> all right, that I will was, watch. I will watch that. Me need a can of beans. He was like the reason I went to Crystal Skull. All right, like that man could do no wrong. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why they they keep doing that in the Marvel universe. The holding the gun to the head of actors and being like, do the fucking accent intended. Like Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbum's little accent is so bad. Mm. Just make him British. Just make him fucking British. Yeah. And this guy could have. Why did he have, like, every once in a while, a weird Russian lilt would, like, creep into his voice? Wait, I what? guess this is because, like... Is he I, Russian? The way I kind of watch this movie is it's kind of a callback to all those Tom Clancy, maybe Jason Bourne oh, yeah, kind sure. of films, where your bad guy was always some Russian prick, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. usually a Russian prick played, played by a British guy, you know? Yeah. So, oh, for sure. case in point. Das is good, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, um, like, we, had, it, we had Black Widow squaring off against the Taskmaster and reuniting with her whole family, including Rachel Weisz and Hopper from Stranger Tanks. And from Stranger Tanks, yeah. I gotta say, dude, stealing the show, though, in my eyes, if this whole movie... Yeah. If this whole movie is just an excuse to get Florence Pugh in the MCU as that character... I always thought it was Pew. Pube? I don't know. Or, you know, it is UGH. It could be Florence Pugh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because I saw the Midsummer. No, I, mean, I saw Midsummer, and she didn't, you know, blow me out of the water. Like to me, that movie was confusing, gorgeous. But like at the end of it, I was like, all right, it is what it is. <laughs> um, and she was, a, you know, a great vehicle for the main character. But in this movie, dude, like she stole every scene she was in for me. I yeah. thought she was fucking hilarious. Oh, for sure. Um, she was definitely. I think everyone agrees that she was the standout of yeah. of this. Uh, of this movie, and I'm pretty sure because she's going to be in um, uh, the Hawkeye Disney Plus she's series. Hunting down Clint Barton next. So they they set her up for a for a, a, a Disney Plus show. Kind she of got a, Disney Plus. Kind of a weak sauce setup because I'm gonna kill Clint Barton. He murdered my sister. Finds Clint Barton. No, she didn't. A space ghost told her to jump off a cliff, and she did. Yeah. I tried to save yeah. her. You know what I mean? Like, I like. There's not much suspense there. I know how that's yeah, gonna no, play out. So they're gonna they're gonna have to yeah. Because that's the thing is, no matter what obstacles they put in the way of that understanding, whether it's Batman v Superman level stupid mm-hmm. that she just won't listen, or if it's like Civil War level makes sense that she won't listen. Either way, you know how it's gonna be resolved. I imagine it's gonna, gonna be a, some sort of subplot. Hawkeye's gonna have his back up against the wall fighting some supervillain. All of a sudden, she storms in trying to kill him. He's like, "No, nah, I didn't didn't kill your sister. I need help, by the way." And then she turns sides. They team up. She's in the Avengers. And then they go, yeah. Bada boom, but bada then it bang. also, with um, Elaine there showing up as the new Nick Fury, she apparently, her character is is 
from the comics that helps put together the dark adventures? Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Uh, she so may, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe well, they will keep Plugh as a villain-ish character then, because well, it's the dark Avengers, right? Not to uh, to to jump ahead here, but going to the that's the hint at the Loki of it all. What I see here is they're building up clearly their new team of Avengers and then their new cosmic supervillain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we got our new Captain America, our Scarlet Witch, we got our our new Black Widow, and meanwhile some dark fucking evil forces and like you know multi-dimensional shits and brooms. So it's like they're they're this is their event thing that they're building up to is a oh, yeah, big sure. cosmic it's time Kang. traveler Kang and also you know cheaper Avengers who are younger <laughs> and we can extend their contracts a little bit longer. So we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into Kang in, in Loki. But do you yeah. think the name the name Kang will be as cool to the general population as Thanos? Uh, it will, dude. Thanos. If you said Thanos like tw like twenty years ago, people would be like fuck off. The purple guy with a nutsack for a chin. Uh, but it, I think it's what it's the performance that's gonna sell it. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure, but, for sure. Like, but like just hearing the name Kang. I immediately think of Krang from Ninja Turtles. See, I think of one of the two one-eyed aliens from the Simpsons Halloween specials. Kang, right? Yeah, and Kodos. Yeah. Kang His and Kodos. Kodos. So the, the name Thanos didn't really exist outside of Thanos, so but Kang has been sort I of your zeitgeist for a while, right? Not yeah. when you put the Conqueror onto it. Kang the Conqueror, Kang the whatever he's going to be. Yeah. yeah. The Multitude of Kangs. Exactly. Anyway, we'll get into that. The Multitude of Kangs, by the way, is the name of my new funk album coming out this fall, if you'd like to pick it up. Nice. It's, yeah, uh, it's available funk. on Spotify. Nice, uh, $3.99 a track. But what did you um, think overall of uh, Widow Negra? Overall, I mean, like, it, it wasn't, it didn't have the complete, like, garbage of some Marvels. Because all Marvels <laughs> yeah. are pretty good. Some are fantastic, most are yeah. eh. This yeah. was just sort of one of the eh. Yeah. It was, it was, like, Captain Marvel, I think, is absolute trash. Yeah. It's the other <laughs> female-led Marvel. is I think, a fair comparison, because it's the two Lady Marvel movies so far. Sure, yeah. Um, this one's, compared to Captain Marvel, this one's fucking cinematic brilliance. But yeah. in the whole scope of Marvel, I think it's more of a an Ant-Man or, like, a... Um, it is it's clearly felt like a follow-up to Winter Soldier, too, stylistically. That yeah. It's in that, that Tom Clancy universe. I definitely but, had the same... I could... Here, let me put it this way. I picture mm -hmm. the writing process of the film. They were in the room. They took the script to Black Panther, which was formerly the script to Winter Soldier, and they erased mm -hmm. the word Panther, and they were like, W-I... Because, like, re it's kind of this, like, you have, like, this very, uh, you have this uh, character who finds out that the antagonist that they're fighting has this secret tie back to them. Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. It, 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 the organization, confronts the organization and says, like, you were wrong the whole time because they were secretly evil to her, blah, blah, blah. It kind of just, I don't know, it, it hits the same beats to me as, like, Black Panther and Winter Soldier, but it's it's the, the subtext to it. For example, in... in Black Panther, the subtext is the African diaspora. You know what I mean? The idea of like what the difference between someone, uh, Native Africans, and what happens after you know hundreds of years of American history, how it perverts and fucks up a human being. Right. The idea in this one is just like, unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like this weird family that you choose. This one's kind of about accepting the family that you're stuck with. That, that you have. Yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> it's about family, DC. It, it's yeah, about no, family. It, it, I enjoy, and I totally, I, I <laughs> like what they did with this, the family storyline this week. I really, really did. Hey, I have a question for you. 
I always thought Black Widow was named Black Widow because of, you know, the poisonous, venomous spider, because she's an assassin, right? Okay. But, but if they're all widows, why was she given the title Black Widow, the, the ginger Russian chick? Uh well you see Natasha they're all she, widows. Natasha she Which, got she got a certain proclivity if you know what I mean. She uh, <laughs> she likes the dark I'll, meat if you know what I'm saying. The brothers know uh, all about the black. Okay sorry. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> Widow doesn't even make sense when you take the black off it too. It's like they're all mourning their husbands. Well, like, why are they all, all widows? widows because they don't have husbands to mourn. Listen, if you can't get the broader yeah. metaphor that they're clearly swinging and missing. What did you think they of... They scrambled uh, up their, uh, their uterus. They rip it out. That's why they're widows. They're, that, they're mourning their uterus. Fucking love that. <laughs> fucking love Why do you have so, so testy and so graphic? Why you why you be so, so neat? So good. I was, that just made me... And the fact that, again, that it was her that got to say that line, I was like, yeah, just shove it in people's faces. Make people... Uh, like, I, that was kind of what was missing in Captain Marvel to me, was just like dancing around the metaphor and trying a little too hard to make it lofty and vague. But I'm like, no, nah, just shove it in fucking people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> that these fucking girls who are being abducted are getting like, what do you call it? Sterilized against their own sterilized, will. Yeah. Against their will. Like it, it's fucking amazing. I thought that was a fantastic fucking moment. You don't know what the the line that made me laugh the loudest in the movie, and it wasn't the intentional because like, it was clear this was a theater beat show or a movie. Mm, like mm. just the beats of the jokes were clearly meant for a, for a, an audience, yeah. unlike the oh. shows which are meant to be watched. Uh, individually yeah. or by yourself or whatever um, and the, the poser line is clearly meant to be the funniest line total poser move total poser which is great but um, the line that made me laugh the most was when Ray Winstone went uh, what the world has too much of girls <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, the world Statistically, has too many girls? I don't think that's like a fact. Are there more female children on the planet than I don't think I think I was I, making that uh, up. I, th- I think it is like a fifty-two percent to forty-eight percent women to men. But ratio there's too on the many planet. of them. But there's too many girls. Kind of a, but just the way the way he said it too is like girls. I want like, Ray Winstone and Kenneth Branagh to have a British guy playing a over-the-top <laughs> Russian villain off between him yeah. and the guy he played in Tenet. I you agree. Know, and they should be eating hot wings while doing it. <laughs> My favorite scene in this movie. You know, no one's fucking fantastic about that. Uh, the poser scene. It's it's totally improvised, eh? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah like she was talking to the stunt team. And the stunt team was like, if Natasha Romanoff landed like that, she'd shatter every bone in her body. Like it's ridiculous. It's a poser, poser, so they, they 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 the writers worked that in. <laughs> but the other scene that I loved was the the dinner table scene. I think was like mm-hmm. that was the moment where I was like okay you just went up a grade as a movie you could tell they were like this has to be the heart of this fucking thing if this thing doesn't land the whole the whole movie the beginning middle and end is just explosions and fucking action shit if this yeah. heart doesn't work the movie falls apart and it's great like yeah, it's yeah, just for four sure. people wearing silly costumes but having a conversation that Jesus Christ we've all had every time we go home where you're like this is why I hate this and this is why I love this I would not trade this right, for the right, world yeah. but oh my god it drives me fucking crazy you're like, insane at the same time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, like, I'm not gonna lie this, I watched it twice and the second time around whenever David Harbour started seeing American Pie got a little teary eyed not gonna lie I was just like alright that scene works man like just trying to salvage some semblance of like normalcy in a fucked up family life I'm like yep 
Yeah, I can associate with that. <laughs> that, that, that rings true. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we can all relate to that a little bit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! I had a point, and my baby brain just flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> oh well, I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll circle back to it like a now, shit going down the drain. I don't know if you're a big Taskmaster fan. Oh, I wanted to say something about Taskmaster, mm-hmm. if I if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care when they when they change things in comic. I don't care. It's that like they, making they Deadpooled um, her. That they Deadpooled her, or like when they turned uh, the Mandarin into an actor sure. who will now be back in Shang Chi. Sure, sure. Um, that, yeah, I agree. That one doesn't bother. Who cares? Me. But the thing that annoyed me was that that um, after she's unbrainwashed with the magic dust. Yes. And her eyes go blinky blink. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a perfect moment for her to stand up and go, fuck you, you blew me up, and remain a villain to Natasha. That'd be great. But that would have been, like, because the audience expectations was she was going to be like, oh, girl power, we're working together now, and that's what happened. But wouldn't it have been also if she stood up and was just like, yes, yeah, still fuck you, and yeah. had stayed a supervillain. And it would have been, been a great contrast awesome. to the Steve Bucky storyline where it's like, no, we're not friends. Like, you yeah, fucking, exactly. and, like, and rightfully so. You tried to kill me as a child, as a defenseless goddamn child. Me. Yeah. yeah, you used me as, as a trigger for your bomb. So that would have been, the and then even make it like a the quick bomb, scene. Like, the implication oh, was sorry. the bomb in that book was in the book bag, right? Um, I, I don't know if the impl- I don't remember. I, I, I just know kinda, she was to the the signifier to her to set the bomb off was it to read rave and very Schindler's Listly <clears throat> the way they kept highlighting the bright red bag. So I was like, oh, maybe that was what Natasha. That's what uh, maybe I'm reading she too much into it. In it. She laid the book because she knew be. her kid. The kid would go to see her dad, but then when she yeah. realized the kid wasn't leaving the room, she was like, I got one shot to take this dude out. Fuck well, the see, kid. I read it as that she like the kid. She talked to the kid earlier or something because doesn't the kid like come to the window and like wave or something at her? That's what I mean. So like that's when she plants the bomb in the bag. Oh, that's when she plants the bomb. You know what gotcha, I'm saying? Gotcha. So that's her the guilt of it all. Like no one knows. Like yeah, they got Drake off, and yes, the kid was inside. But Natasha's guilt is that oh, I fucking deceived that child. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that was my only way was to, and then she didn't leave the room. So fuck it, I had to fucking kill the kid. Yeah, yeah. And but that was, either and that could have set up a Taskmaster for the future too. Yep. Because yep. it could have set up like an, an established entrenched entrenched villain. But a lot of the know. ending, I I don't know if it was reshoots or what, because that movie's been sitting on a shelf for a year presumably. But like it felt very janky. Like Ross is on his way to arrest Natasha. We cut to black, and then she's just in her Infinity War costume, hopping in a Quinjet, and she takes mm-hmm. off to go find Steve Rogers, presumably on the way to the next movie. And I'm like, wait, wait. What? I thought she was just getting arrested. What the fuck? And, and if not, why put that part in there? It was completely unnecessary. And um, there's still, I guess they could do another movie technically because there's still two years until. Oh Jesus! I uh, guess that's a good Infinity point. Infinity War. So I, I guess the the implication there is that she's been just fucking around with those guys after because they the scene of them being broken out of the prison, um, um, Falcon and whoever the fuck else was in that mega prison. Is the end credits for Civil, Civil War, War, right? Yeah. So that that's that I guess would have happened right after that scene, and then two years have had, still have to pass. Okay. Well, it's just a strange choice to be like she hops in that Quinjet with the blonde hair. So you're thinking that she like she in the interim between the, the blonde hair and the end of the Black Widow film, he, she's been working with Thaddeus Ross. 
No, I think I think they just made her blonde to make a visual link to Infinity War. But I think the idea is that when she got on that Quinjet at the end of the movie, there's still she's she said, "I got to go break some people out of prison." I was thinking the and same that, thing. That prison because, break happens two yeah. years prior to. They even say I was on the run for two years, right? I was thinking the same thing. Even if it's an interquel, even if it's a, just a Disney Plus short, how fucking fantastic would it be? Of like, you see a scene. You start at the raft, Steve Rogers leading the guys from the fucking Civil War arrest upstairs, and Natasha's wearing for the Quinjet. I'm like, I don't care. That could just be the teaser, and like, I'm in for whatever the story is. Because right, that's right. a cool group of motherfuckers right there. Like, you could have Sam, Natasha, and Steve fucking off doing some vigilante shit with him as Nomad. Well, Scarlet Witch be bangs a, uh, Vision, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that could be that could be a, a one a, an animated what if. I doubt yeah, that Chris yeah. Evans would ever return. I feel like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. sort of like signed off. Yeah, you know, they're they're like Leonard Nimoy signing off in Star Trek Six and not coming back for the next shitty movie. I, I thought for sure <laughs> whenever like at the end of uh, Widow, whenever she's like, see what you can, uh, what I can do whenever you give me a bit of time. I thought for sure Steve was going to be waiting with the Quinjet, but then I was like, nah, in there, nah, that, that would have cost way too much <laughs> just to have also, Evans think in there. If they're going to do that, they're going to wait a long time because I think it would l- slightly cheapen it That's to have the, the, those those dead actors after their big grand farewell to come back in any. Well, yeah, especially be, when like the TV series, like one of them was dealing with like the loss of fucking Steve Rogers. It's right, like, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of TV series, unless we got anything yeah, yeah. else to say about the um, Widow, uh, Black Widow was fine. It was a little over the top, and oh, I, I remember what I wanted to say now. If I see, look, it finally it, it does come back eventually. Hey. Um, d- they should have just implied that the widows were slightly uh, super soldiered, because they. Ah. There's even a scene where her nose gets broken and she just pops it back in and then in the next scene, even Captain America at the end of fucking um, Winter Soldier had a slice across his face and was hospitalized. Black Widow gets blown up and falls from an airship and breaks her nose and pops it back into place and there's not a scratch on <laughs> there's her. There's a part the where one of the widows busts her legs and she lands in a puddle of water and Romanoff bounces off like three aluminum yeah. sheds and I'm like, okay... So is the implication there, because that's a very Captain America-like moment, Is and yeah. she lands, of course, in the widow pose or some such shit. I'm like, is the implication there that, that's what I thought it was It was going, It was that the widows do have, in fact, a little bit, not necessarily maybe a super a serum. a little bit. Well, actually, you could say super serum, uh, super soldier serum, because uh, Red Guardian totally has it. Was, was a, a, a version soldier, of so it. They, yeah. <clears throat> So they could have. Hmm. I I was kind of hmm. expecting that, especially when that that scene you're talking about, when she fell down the uh, fire escape, yeah, and then just like popped back up, and then it all culminated with like, plug, getting blown up at the end, <laughs> two seconds from an ex- or two millimeters from explosion and being fine, and then Scarlet or uh, Black Widow knocking her note broken nose back into place and just walking it off. So I'm like, okay, these bitches got to have a little bit of super soldier in them. But I they got didn't, speaking they didn't say anything. Super soldiers. I gotta admire the dedication because you don't see shield agents doing that shit when they're falling to their deaths. They're still shooting at Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> that made me. I was like, "They're kidding? Are they robots? Like, how are they not scrambling for wreckage or a parachute? They're still working as they're falling." I'm like, "That's amazing." Going, yeah. Fucking hilarious that moment. Um. Okay. If the last thing I could do on this life is kill an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, come on. Who wouldn't you do that? I mean, I've tried, but you I mean, know, we all tried. Yeah, Chris Pratt's security did not like it. 
<laughs> he was just in there praying. Yeah, yeah, he was actually at a church and I, I came him out with a ball peen hammer. Next thing I know, man, you can, I'm getting zip tied up against the church. <laughs> and the worst part is Good that Lord. was just the priest. It had nothing to do with the security detail. Had nothing to do with it. All right, I'm wah, done. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I'm done. Sorry. Low hanging so a fruit. Quick, a quick summary, because uh, we talked about um, um, WandaVision. Quite enjoyable. Thought it got a little, personally, thought it got a little marvelly at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about. Um, uh, Falk Buck, which I, was very Tom Clancy. I found it a little more boring, a little less go, a little too much of a of a Tom Clancy movie for my liking because I'm not a big Tom Clancy fan. Okay. And then uh, Loki, to contrast both of those, was just an insane fucking like ridiculous trip of a show mm-hmm. where I think it was appropriate to be a show about an Asgardian bisexual god. To be falling in love with the himself. most, <laughs> falling in love with himself. To be the most outrageous fucking thing, where they're fighting giant time reality eating smoke monsters and or watching <laughs> the destruction of Pompeii, you know, Over, yeah, <laughs> and like dancing and at the destruction. Of, like it was so ridiculous. And every time it got so ridiculous, I'd have to remind myself, like, yeah, this is a show about the fucking trickster god of Asgard, of mm-hmm. course. Like, look at the Thor movies; they're the most insane, over-the-top things ever. So it does make sense for it to have been like that. And I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed Loki. I think it's my favorite of the three at this point. I think in terms of like in playing with all the toys in the Marvel toy chest, this one did the best job in terms of like, we're going to do space shit. We're going to do weird magic yeah. shit. We're going to do gonna superhero do shit. We're going to do, oh, we're just going to do everything. You know, like WandaVision. Falcon and Winter Soldier are a little bit more straightforward, but this one definitely was like, we're not only, like, you can tell this one is like, I, I compare it a lot to Age of Ultron, where overall, I was kind of like, all right, kind of a strange narrative choice, this one, but mm-hmm. I can tell it's setting up a bunch of shit, which is exactly how I felt about Age of Ultron. Right. I didn't know at the right, time, right. but I was like, what the fuck is this all about? Why does this totally feel so weird? Why is Natasha Romanoff so fucking <laughs> underused in this film? And then it all kind of came together. It's because, one, she was going to get her own movie, and two, because they were doing a left turn towards the Infinity Saga. I can totally see we're going multiverse madness with this, and we need to tee it all up. I just felt that this show overall was a little less... Like, I I get that, you know, WandaVision's all about grief. It's about her, you know, Mm -hmm. she's traumatized coming out of a PTSD state. Falcon Winter Soldier, a little shakier. It's all about him accepting why... Captain America can be black ultimately like for, I guess accepting the, the the ideal shield. of Rome over the actual practices the eggs, of Rome very much so but this one was a little bit I kind of wish it the whole setting up of the multiverse had more to do with Loki's arc as a hero if that makes sense like, I guess because it wasn't about Tom Hiddleston's Loki the no, titular Loki no, 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 was but like, Lady Loki yeah sure but like and but like I just think ultimately at the end, the whole culmination of their arc of getting an audience with the guy he was fucking up with all of them ultimately felt like it was servicing the overall MCU narrative more than those characters. Like right, right. whenever it ended, I was like, okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm in whatever it takes to get to see Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, apparently all standing together. I don't give a fuck. But ultimately I was just kind of like, but what about, I don't know if it necessarily felt satisfying for those characters like Sylvie and Loki at the end. Well, 
I get this, this is season also the, two. I, you know, that's I what get, I was about to say. Yeah, this the, is I, the first Marvel show with a season two. Yeah, so I get like I, I love where this is going. There's a lot of places to go from here. I especially love the Planet of the Apes style ending of looking up and seeing the statue with a different head was fucking. I thought so clever. Uh, but I'm guessing what, that's going to be the Council of Kangs. They're yeah. overlooking a bunch of universes, Kangs that have all made their own fucking universe. I think it was just yeah, getting to your last episode and just. I get you need that much exposition, but it's a lot, you know. Oh, see, I, I I didn't find like I I I found that completely satisfying. The, this camera just sat on that actor. I don't know his name playing Kang, and just him describing everything. I was like glued to the screen Jonathan from that Majors. performance. He's actually Jonathan Majors. It was a it was so good. He's up in um, uh, Lovecraft Country, and he's fantastic. Oh, I've only, okay. I only watched like the first three episodes of it, but like he was fucking. Was it great. any good? I I love Lovecraft. I have all his shit. It's and such I a fun get trip. To that show. Um, but again, kind of like this show, I just felt like the the concept and the narrative arc didn't necessarily gel together as much as I right, wanted right. it to. Where I'm like, I respect that you're trying to take back. The idea that Lovecraft was kind of a racist cunt, um, and turn it turn it into like you know a story about uh, civil rights uh, about these black characters, kind of fucking a cool idea. But like ultimately, at the like, it's it's a bit it's a try for me at least. I found it a bit of a effort to get through. Like mm-hmm. I was like, this concept's not really holding together because each for Loki ta- you're talking about. Or no, no, talking no about for for, for uh, Lovecraft County. Lovecraft, Lovecraft County. Okay. County. Um, Lovecraft County. The first the first episode's <laughs> fucking fantastic, but it's like an anthology, right? So each episode tonally is different. Like oh, this I didn't one, know that. Yeah, I, like I this one's a ghost was... story. This one's a road story. This one's like straight up like a Scooby Doo one. Like um, but like, it's still so the same characters going through each. Okay. Yeah. So it's he he's in the whole series. Yes. And he's playing the same character, which is great because it, this kind of fits what he does because he's doing different genres like this one's like a straight up horror movie but this one feels more like a civil rights movie so he has to be able right, to right. do serious terrified kind of funny and like I, th- I think he definitely has the range f- for for whatever they have planned um, and yeah he was great in that fucking scene it, it's a lot to just walk into the MCU and be like I'm your new bad guy here's what right. I'm going to do but I'm like technically um, like the, the, the lamest version of the yes, new bad guy which like, they're very good at teeing up uh, uh, ideas visually in this series, i.e., like, you know this is your new big bad guy because he just beat up the Hulk. Same mm-hmm. thing here where you're like, oh, this guy's clearly omnipotent and all-knowing, but what's scary is that he's benevolent and he's tell- warning us there's others like him. There's way more worse things <laughs> that, that are there. way worse. So, again, I get that. That's exciting and all that, but it... Let me put it this way. The, the, the analogy I've been using is like if we watch the first Avengers and after that big fight with the Chitauri and they're eating shawarma, we get to Thanos and they're like, to, to court them is to court death or whatever the dude says. Right. Imagine if Thanos was like, court death, you know nothing of death. On my planet, there were too many mouths to feed. We have to wipe out half the people. There are six ingots of infinite power oh, that I... I it'd be like, oh my god, okay, I, I just, you need, I felt it just needed to be a little, it was a little too much all at once. I get it, but it was, why they had to do it, but, because they're, they're clearly rushing this phase, but it was a little too much for me at the end. See, I, I don't think that that's going to be the story, though, right? Like, they, this is this is the the entire forty minute episode equivalent of a Thanos smirk, because the the I think when they get to Kang the Conqueror, his plan isn't going to be to to destroy the multiverses and create his perfect symmetrical singular universe. That's just the 
the side story setting up the character. So it, it isn't. I don't think it's in. in revealing but what, the, the what we're setting up is, is the, the Avengers I mean? fighting Kang. Right, but it, we don't a, know what our, it, that, that Kang's plan's going to be. We don't know what the iteration of that Kang's going to be. I guess we don't that's know true. What, what the, he's going to be doing, right? Right. I, I don't know. It, I, it just it felt like a lot. Like I, I remember at one point, I remember going across this like like you like looking at the tiger. I was going across the slider and be like, okay, I'm enjoying the performance, but this is just a lot. This is just a lot to be laying out right I, away. You know. I guess in contrast to Wandavision, like I. I thought the final episode of WandaVision of everyone just fighting in the sky in a giant uh, witch battle, I was like checked out. Like, I'm so fucking bored. I'm so sick of these big fights. And I think for me, it was like a breath of fresh air to be like, this This is concluding on a conversation. That's amazing. Well, I really I, enjoyed that. Which is what I love about these shows. Um, fucking the ship of Theseus scene, anything with Isaiah Bat Bradley. In this series, whenever um, Mobius, like, oh, so give it up to Owen Wilson, motherfuckers. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a, I would watch Mobius in anything now. I can't wait for that wow. dude to pop up. You notice that Who one episode? They gave oh, him sorry, one how. That was almost close. Like, they were like, the timekeepers have found out, and he was like, how? Oh. I'm like, that's the closest <laughs> we're going to get, and I will take it. <laughs> I think, I know it would have been on the nose, but I think it would have been fine for such an outrageous series like Loki that when he showed up to save Lady Loki in that after end of time world. Jet that, ski? That, um, jet ski, not jet a car. Ski. Put him never land in the fucking middle I of the know. lake and have him come out in a jet ski. Like, because the laws of that place make no sense. And it was just have it flying through right. the air with pink bubbles flying out. Just I don't give a whatever, fuck. Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I bet you that was in the writing process and they were like... Ugh. Budget? Maybe... Maybe, cause why? Maybe why the whole the jet ski thing? Why, why tease us? Maybe, maybe that was just an improvised scene that they didn't maybe, even think. Or yeah. maybe they have a big plan for the jet. Because again, these are those movies, man. They fucking do shit like that. <laughs> they slowly like, do it. We're now they're getting really good at it. We're like, oh, just you wait till you see what we do with Miss Minutes. Like this, like seemingly <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. background character. But anyways, back to what I was saying, like, oh, that's what I love the most about this series is that unlike a movie like Black Widow, where we have to jump from action beat to action beat every 10 minutes, in these shows where we have six, eight, 10 hours to play with these characters, I love them just sitting down and just talking about shit. I loved that conversation between Mobius and Loki, and I think episode two or three, where they were talking about predestination or free will, just yeah, in yeah. terms of the times. I thought, I was like, dude, you'll never get this in the films. You don't have the time to do this in the films. And I think that not only humanizes these characters but really differentiates really leans on the guess why marvel has set and i sound like someone totally blowing the fucking the mouse right now but i, I mean it sincerely why these movies have had the longevity over say like you know the dc films or any other superhero incarnation they don't have alter egos they don't call themselves you know like they're all steve it's peter it's tony it's like human stories so we have the mm -hmm. god of mischief what's the best way to humanize him just have him witness his own fucking death and reckon with it by being like oh i gotta stop being a piece of shit all of a sudden he meets someone who's like the only person who can snap him out of his selfishness and make him selfless as a course himself Right, right, <laughs> like yeah. I thought and, like that writing at first I'm like this is incestuous and weird but I sat through like what five six seasons of Game of Thrones fine <laughs> fine <laughs> incest they got nothing on me yeah um, I do as it is I, I do want to say one thing though uh, is a, a, a slight aside uh, Tom Hiddleston absolutely amazing actor um, the chick who played Lady Loki mm. not very good you didn't like so, Sylvie 
I, d- I liked the character a lot, but I think the actor felt like a, a TV actor more than a film actor, Sophia which makes sense. Sophia Martino. Because they are on TV. But it's, al- it's always that old go-to where you look into an actor's eyes, and if you don't see anything behind the eyes, then they're not a good actor. If it just looks like a, a person remembering their lines. And um, I thought it was never more um, uh, exemplified than the scene where Loki gets killed at the end. It's, it tricks you into thinking yes. he got... Uh, what what's the word they use? Erased or wiped? What is pruned? Uh, pruned, pruned. Um, and he's delivering this fucking like Oscar level performance, and she's just sitting there with this dead look on her face, going, "What? What are you saying?" And then he gets pruned, and her expression doesn't fucking change. And then she just goes into like a mean face when she sees the chick that pruned him. And I'm like, "Oh man, you are not the best. There wasn't you are not the best. Yeah, I guess there wasn't a ton of rage. You know who I she thought? She ain't no Florence Bluch. Yeah, it's so, so, yeah, that's true. You know who I thought would have been great for who I thought it was whenever she first appeared. But like now that I think about it, <coughs> The Office was out ten years ago, so it wouldn't make any sense. I thought it was. Have you ever watched The Office, the American version? The, uh, yeah, actually, I, Steve, I got bored once and had it on in the background for like a month. Steve Carell's girlfriend, that he Holly, that he falls yeah. in love with? I yeah, thought yeah, it yeah, was yeah. her, and I think that would have been, like, I don't know, that actress would have added a little bit more personality to the character, because I did kind of feel the same thing, like nothing against her or anything, but I was like, Tom Hiddleston set such a high bar with that character. If you're going to be Lady right. Loki, like, you have to have a lot of charisma for that role. Right, Maybe exactly. she'll get it's she'll Lady get com- fucking Loki. Yeah, yeah. Is he, he, the dude fucking, he's been, and, but it's not a fair comparison. He's been doing it for 10 fucking years, so. True, but he's also like a, 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 a fucking trained Shakespearean actor doing. He's got those hair hired flips to do th- down to the teeth. He's got the hair flips down, but he was hired by Brana to do the original Thor. He was actually up for Thor and didn't get it, but That's then right. got Loki because right. of his pedigree in acting. This woman, I don't know what her her uh, uh, resume is, but I imagine it's probably a lot of TV you stuff. son of a know. bitch. How dare you not remember Black Pond, a royal night out, the darkest universe? He- Fucking yesterday. Oh, oh. That's a goddamn fucking movie. She's in yesterday. Yeah, that's the Danny Boyle flick, man. The she... lamest Twilight Zone episode ever. Did you see yesterday? Of course not. <laughs> it was so stupid. I love what Danny if the Boyle. Beatles never exist. I know. I love <laughs> Danny Boyle and I love the Beatles, but I'm like this one. I don't like. I don't know if this one will hold together. <laughs> like, it was so. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna spoil. Like, there's no spoiling. There's no nothing to spoil. But I have to say, the whole like point of the movie is fame is bad. It makes you a bad person. You're like, really? I just spent two fucking hours learning how fame can corrupt. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I have a hard time appreciating anything that uses popular music like the Beatles, because I'm like, you realize 99% of people are going to see this for one reason, and it's because they just like to sing along to the songs no matter what piece of shit you put them in. So (laughs) it's always a hard sell for me. Anytime I'm like, this summer, the Beatles songs, I'm like, fuck off. Fucking rain. Could we make the sequel where uh, it's it's Nickelback that disappears and then no one gives a fuck about this guy? They come like, back and the world's exactly the same. Exactly the same. And the guy's trying to get their music out there and no one fucking cares. The only thing difference is they noticed Spider-Man, the first one, did a little bit better in the box office for rewatchability reasons. They don't know why. Something to do with the soundtrack was a little bit more listenable. Just, just, a, just a vague little bit. I don't know yeah. what it was. What do you think of uh, Withnail as classic Loki? 
Oh, he was amazing. Right. I'm really sad they killed him. <laughs> I know. But I guess it's a, what a waste. it's a multi it's a multiverse now, so he could come back. Uh, anyone can come fucking back. You gotta now. give it to Richard E. Grant. He doesn't phone in a performance. Like he went no. hard on this. It just made me want to rewatch With Nail and I because yeah. I love that movie. Oh, but God. he was he was absolutely <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Just in, in the tights too, the frumpy tights, and just like he always his positioning was just like slumped yep. in his chair, yep. just kind of hunched over, like I'm fucking done. Crocodile Loki, <laughs> like I, honestly, Crocodile I, Loki, fucking little kid Loki, who's the only one who's killed Thor. I was like, there's just so much. There's a lot of fun <laughs> shit in this multiverse. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're clearly yeah. like giving they're teasing us, but oh my God. Well, it's weird now, too, because technically there's now, like, an infinite number of Tony Starks out there, of Steve Rogers out there, so they do have that window to bring those guys back if they if the actors well, want an extra house. Well, they already have. You, you know that Throg was voiced by no, none Thor, other than Hemsworth himself. The, well, they used the clip from him from uh, the first Avengers slamming against the um, Oh, inside the, the glass cage. The glass, but they used the same clip, yeah. It's pretty funny, though. It's the, it's the exact same sound, which gotta, I thought was great. You yeah. gotta give it them, with the exception of an Edward Norton and Terrence Howard. They're pretty consistent. Yeah. And uh, they, they those guys kind of fucked it up for themselves. Mm, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even Marvel. Yeah, they seem pretty fucking willing. Like, Jesus Christ, they got the kid from Iron Man 3 back. Like, they seem to play... Like, be loyal to the fan base and like you know what I mean like like if you guys think it's gonna be cool for half a second for us to bring back Lady Sif to kick Loki in the balls over and over we'll get her back yeah, yeah. like you know what I mean like yeah. they so it's it's surprising that like no it's not Edward Norton and Terrence Howard are notorious two of the biggest assholes in Hollywood yeah. so oh, it's yeah. actually not shocking at all at all <laughs> like literally everybody's on board Michael Douglas has come out of oh fucking what's his name uh help me out here the director from uh uh, uh, Winter Soldier came out of retirement twice for God's sakes. Paul Newman? No, not Paul. Oh, Newman. Paul? No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, the, I know. The oh, other oh one, my God, why? The other one who's not Paul Newman. <laughs> yeah, he officially retired. Redford, Robert Redford. He came out of retirement twice. Like I remember watching Endgame, and I was like, "You're fucking kidding me!" He came back. Like, how much did you guys pay him? Like the Harrison Ford yeah. check? Like that's crazy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I know. And I, I wonder, like, uh, he was. Um, do you think he shot new scenes for Endgame, or do you think that was just a B-roll that they had he from wasn't that in. scene? He wasn't in, in uh, the original No, Avengers. but I mean, like, do you think he was meant to be, and then wasn't? You know what I mean? Or do you think... No, I guess he looks, not, like, he right? looks old he was, as fuck. He, he looks, looks way older, He looks he? way yeah. older than he does in Winter Soldier. Even poor uh, William Hurt at the start, of when he's walking oh, around he's, with a cane... He, they tried to pass it he's off like, oh, doing well. They tried to pass it off like, oh, you know, you had another triple bypass. How's that treating you? Blah blah blah. But like, it's clearly like, dude, you look at him in Endgame versus there, and Endgame's supposed to be after that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, is he recovering? So it's or like, something? it's not, it's not even like they're setting him up to become that Hulk thing that he is in the comics. It's, oh, maybe it's just they that are. That actor, no, because then, oh no, because, because chronologically that wouldn't make sense. Exactly. So it's just William Hurt. He's not doing well I don't think he is old man well, he's, he's an old man he's at 71 71 yeah I'm trying to see like health wise blah 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 blah, blah. No. He's, he's reached that stage where you start looking frail as fuck and also right? he has hasn't acted as much I've no so it could be like maybe that fucking triple bypass thing wasn't a joke maybe they're like listen he had a not a stroke but maybe like he busted his knee so we kind of wrote something in the script as to why he hasn't been around since the Hulk, you know? They did the same thing for fucking Maguire whenever he broke his back or some such shit during the second Spider-Man. 
he's web slinging around. He lands on the car. He's like, my back, my back. Cause, yeah, because uh, he actually hurt his back. And yeah. they were going to replace him with Donnie Darko. Yeah. So you never sequel, know. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have made a difference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would have made I, a I don't watch Spider-Man 2 for Peter Parker. I'm sorry. I just don't. No. It's mostly Alfred Molina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's not the Molina. reason why I love that movie. By the way, I don't want to spoil too much for people who are trying to avoid spoilers for uh, Homecoming, but oh, the rumors about that fella about oh, coming out of Homecoming. Oh, oh, oh so, I have I I know, I know so absolutely nothing. So tantalizing. Yeah. So tantalizing. It'll be interesting. It'll be um. I don't know. We'll, we're going to see the entire movie in the trailer because that's how Sony rolls. So yeah. we'll, we won't technically need to go to the theater. I think <laughs> see it once the trailer finally drops. Of the new, the next phase movies, I think that like Spider-Man, I'm looking forward to. I'm excited for that because, but let's be fair, it's going to be like a best of of all their mm. villains oh, and yeah. of heroes and such. I don't know. The one I think I'm most excited for, I think it's just because it's going to be new and different, is Raimi doing a Doctor Strange movie, kind of oh, yeah, like no. a horror movie. That could be fucking really fun, man. I hope Marvel is they they are um, famous for reining in their directors. That's why so many Phase One and Phase Two directors quit and like got pissed and like walked away and they had to do reshoots without them because they were kind of like keeping them. That's why Edgar Wright left Ant Man. That's why the guy who did Thor: The Dark World bailed. Well, one uh, of the right, I think the showrunner. So, uh, on, uh, just uh, just want to say uh, so my um, I hope that they give Raimi uh, free reign. I hope that they can make it the most ridiculous, weird movie ever, and they're not too conformist to the Marvel method. You I know what I mean? I think that a lot of the people who leave, like, like I was thinking even the, the writer, the showrunner for um, Loki, apparently it's just one season and done, which is kind of strange. I wonder mm. if, like, because they're smaller directors, like a Ryan Coogler, or I'm trying to think, who, who else was like... Uh, like they can kind of say well you're gonna do this because we're fucking Disney but if you're Sam Raimi yeah. Sam Raimi is known for just being like well fuck you I'll just not do it <laughs> like he's you know well, like I mean, Elfman they, and him are best friends and, and like he pissed off Danny Elfman you know what I mean like yeah they, they pissed off Norton they got rid of um, I don't think Brana was too happy with what they did to Thor so true. I don't think they're above going we don't care and that that's was phase true. one that's, true. that's when they were nothing did you see a fucking Elfman's coming back for Multiverse of Madness too interesting yeah he said I don't, he, he, I, he let it leak I guess, I'm not sure if it's a leak but he said on uh, what the fuck with Mark Maron which I thought was kind of cool but not for Spider-Man, for Multiverse of Madness. Uh, unknown. I'd imagine it's still going to be the same guy who did the other two flicks for consistency, but maybe they, like, I can't, maybe they'll use one of his themes or two, like. I, I don't know if this will be a quote-unquote controversial opinion or not, but I don't think Elfman has it, what he used to have anymore. Yeah. So hearing he's attached to a project, I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's probably going to be all right. I think he uh, he had a certain number of themes you, in his you, backpack. You underrate, his... you underrate that little crazy ginger man. Uh, it's kind of interesting. He mentions it. Uh, you would love it, man. He talks about. I don't. I won't retell the story in case anyone's listened to it and doesn't want to hear it twice. How he wrote the Batman theme in, the, in an airplane bathroom. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> like you know he was coming up with a theme. And he just had like a pocket recorder. So every now and then he would come up with like. Na, 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 na. So he'd run to the bathroom, record it. Then he'd be sitting there like. Dun, 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 and he run to the bathroom record after like the third time the stewardess is like he opens the door and the stewardess is like sir are you okay and he's like yeah oh yeah every, everything's fine five minutes later he gets up again 
other five minutes, gets up again. He keeps coming up with the theme, right? So he's running the bathroom over and over and over. It's starting to become very suspicious. Like he has a fucking mm. insane drug problem. And like the fifth, sixth time he opened the door, the, the entire like apparently like flight crew was standing there like, sir, what is going on? And he had to explain like, I'm a composer and I'm working on it. Like it is a whole thing. But I just thought that was fucking fascinating that like, the inception of one of my favorite fucking themes ever was just written like almost like like post-it notes like audio post-it notes on a fucking plane in a, in a, in a bathroom too. Yeah, yeah no less yeah yeah come on. and that audio must have been fucking terrible <laughs> I hope that the, the, the story part he didn't mention was he was just watching old hammer horrors on the flight and was like that's what I gotta do <laughs> <laughs> it just ran and started recording that Bat- the original Batman is basically just a hammer horror movie in every aspect. That's why it's fucking awesome. Oh, it's Giacchino doing the No Way Home soundtrack, and I think he did yeah, the other they, two. Yeah. He did the other two, yeah. So I wonder if he'll, his ego will allow him to put in the other themes for the other characters. Mm. And he has to fall asleep on his keyboard for the Zimmer Amazing Spider-Man theme. Or no, I'm sorry, the Zimmer one was like a, the, the, like a high school trumpet. It was awful. <laughs> His electro theme I thought was great, but his Spider-Man theme was fucking awful. <laughs> Just awful. Was that it, but, for, um, that's it for the MCU of it all, yeah? Yeah, because I mean, uh, I guess we didn't really deep dive on Loki or anything. Just sort of talking about our opinions of it, and I really like—I think it's the best of the three. Um, I would highly recommend Loki. You don't need to have watched the other ones to watch it either. Start with fucking Loki. Um, yeah, it's oh, okay. I you don't need to watch anything. They give you a literal best of of the Avengers films at the start of the right series. At the beginning, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, I just meant the TV shows. But um, oh, I just wanted to also mention the other great scene in it where we actually see Loki being an Asgardian when he's drinking and singing in the train oh, on yeah. the planet that's about to be just uh, destroyed by an asteroid, and they're on a train heading towards the only escape ship. Uh, which they should have known if there was no branches. They should have known that that ship wasn't going to make it off the ground. Not my favorite episode. <laughs> Not my favorite slow, episode. Yeah, yeah. But I loved him just singing like a fucking Asgardian. Like, we don't see happy Loki often. Yeah, would have been I mean? great we, if that wasn't the fucking huge plot point of them getting thrown off the fucking train because that made jackass him, sense. But fine, fine, let's go with it. Whatever. Kind of yeah, felt like a go great. nowhere moment, but fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I no. thought I was supposed to be the old bitter one in this podcast. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened. This one wasn't my favorite. Like, it was okay, but it was not my... And, like, the ir- irony was this is the one I was looking forward to the most when they announced them all. Like, WandaVision, yeah. I was like, I didn't really watch I Dream of Genie. Falcon Buck, you know, turned out pretty much how I thought it was going to. Uh, wasn't, yeah, wasn't it was no surprises there. But, like, this one, I, I don't know. My expectations weren't necessarily high. I wasn't, like, disappointed. I, I think just... Also, when the fuck now, like, Loki can reverse time? He can he can move shit with a building? I don't get oh, these. His, Again, his, I'm going to go back to what I said about the, 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 the fucking, the, the super soldiers fighting and why they didn't break sternums on the roof of that truck. How come Loki can move shit with his head now, including entire buildings falling the fuck over? Like, that seemed like it could have helped at least once or twice in those previous movies. <laughs> um, and two, he was distracted, catching arrows in midair and shit. Uh, sure, okay, fine. And, and and two, how come like at the start of the Avengers, he can like throw knives and bust dude's sternum whenever he can use magic? And like I get at the TVA, you can't mu- use magic, but in the real world, he can, right? At one point, Sylvie's like possessing a security guard. So 
And he's beaten the shit out of Loki. So is the implication once the security guard is possessed, he also has the strength of Sylvie, a.k.a. an Asgardian? Because I would oh, love yeah. to see a scene after he's fighting with Loki where Sylvie transfers to the next person and that guy just starts shrieking in pain because, like, his knuckles are broken. <laughs> and he's, like, sternum is, like, caving in. He's like, oh, my God, the agonizing pain of it all. I'd like to think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's why they he pass out is just the internal bleeding. Yeah, just so much really. Um But over, overall, I want to say, Loki started, I was like very, the first episode, uh, him going through the portal and talking to the, the, the people, it was all very weird and awkward, and I wasn't really digging it. It's very but by the time, very, but also just the beats and the acting wasn't great in that first scene, where he's like staying up on the rock saying, I'm Loki, hold on a minute, and he runs over, and I was like, eh, this is maybe not for me. But then by the point that the, the, the episode ended with him waking up, to Withnail and I saying, come with us if you want to live. And a giant fucking cloud monster consuming time. I was like, this is so ridiculous. This is so, like, I, it, it's very rare for me now to be surprised by a plot point. Sure. And the d- directions they took that show every week, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was no. so happily surprised by shit. And that's why I love, like, the, the, the epitome of that is Crocodile Loki. Like, mm-hmm. who would have thought a, a fucking character that has no lines of dialogue, and by the way, isn't even fucking human, would be one... I'm like, I relate to this guy more than anyone I've seen in this series so far. It's the... Every now and then, I'm so pissed, I just want to bite a motherfucker's hand off. Like, I hear him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, he's sitting, he's drinking wine, and biting people's hands off. My was favorite great. What was the one... He's like growling at one point, and then Loki, Loki's like, "See, he thinks it's a good idea." And then Richard E. Grant's like, "He's praying. He thinks we're all going to die." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great! Oh, I loved that. No, I like that they, t- they Marvel realizes they don't have to make a cute fuzzy porg. They can just put some antlers on a fucking alligator. And, and it'll be the cutest thing ever. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's like it's all about the character, not about the fucking fuzziness. <laughs> but uh, which brings us to the the melancholy note we're going to go out on for this for this return to form podcast, of course. Which is both a special, hilarious, a special that made my girlfriend uh, depressed for about three days. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that I was both like that is Bo Burnham's inside had me both like giggling with joy and like weeping of like existential trauma it's like it was amazing yeah it was absolutely amazing I don't even want to spoil it for people because I imagine I don't know if everyone's seen it or if it's one of these things that is kind of growing in popularity or if everyone has already seen it I don't want to spoil too much some of the songs are on YouTube but it is basically like uh, Bo Burnham locked himself in his guest house for the year of the pandemic and made a, a bunch of funny songs. That, that's basically the premise. Somewhere between some, Weird Al Yankovic and George Carlin, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Uh. And because uh, it opens with white, world, white girl, white woman Instagram, which is uh, just mind-blowingly hilarious. No, hold up. The first one is Daddy's Gonna Give You Some Content. I've watched oh, it at least two times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Content. Uh, the, the white girl Instagram, though, is probably one of my favorites just because he effortlessly captures every single trope in that. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I've seen every variation of all these fucking photographs. It's too All fun. these fucking photos. It's and, great. And what I loved the most about it is 
the reflective quality of it all, of it like literally just being a dude inside on his phone. So like, here's what I've been thinking and writing about. Like it, it wasn't jokes about like, hey, you know, whenever I'm at the bank, because naturally you can't go to the bank. So he intentionally made it about sexting or about like yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Re- fan reviews or video game uh, commentaries. And I'm like, it's, it's, I think in a weird way as someone who's just like, one, first and foremost, I think uh, you probably have the same feeling where you're just like, fuck, I wish I did this. This is so smart. I wish I was mm. creative enough to fucking have come up with this because that would have been a great way to stay sane the whole last year. But not only that is just how insane, like, I hate the word meta. It feels kind of lazy these days. But how the skit that to me sums it all up is the commentary of himself. And then he's wa- he's he sings a song, and he's oh, like, "Hey yeah, guys, yeah. I'm gonna do a commentary on that song." And he plays a picture in picture. I don't, I don't want to do the same. I don't want to do this anymore. It gets yeah. that to me was like, okay, this is literally the self reflection that people don't do on social media, turned insanely cleverly into a skit, like to make that self commentary that literal. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like in that skit, yeah, 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 for sure. it, it's so fucking clever. Like I'm like. It, in a weird way, like you know, it, it reminded me a lot to, of uh, uh, Chubby Magic Guy might have killed someone with his lesbian mom. Um, what was in it called? In and of itself. In and of itself. Uh, in um, and of itself. That one where it kind of felt like, oh, this is a new way to use this medium. Considering this motherfucker has like three cameras, a keyboard, and some like you know some instruments. It's kind of fucking fascinating that like you wouldn't be able to tell that joke doesn't work on stage. You can't. Right. Yeah. The, no. You know what I mean? It, it it's tailor made. It's tailor made for that one fucking moment. It's I don't know the. the uh, you know how many times I have played the "Welcome to the Internet" song? I'm, Welcome I, to the internet. I play it a little bit of everything work. all of the time. Yep. Uh, uh, was it apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime, man? It's a crime. And I like the um, the uh, the uh, iPad when you were only two and it yes. did everything we designed it to, to do. do and and it then, ah! He's the snake oil salesman, dude. I love yeah. any old timey song. Well, he's the devil. I took him as the fucking like devil on yes. the crossroads in yes, Georgia. That's what I mean. that yeah, one. yeah, exactly. The Charlie Daniels style. That's exactly. He's the snake oil salesman who turns out to be the devil. Like I fucking love any song like that, and just the way he handles it, like from a music nerd point of view his chord changes and his progressions they're very I don't know if he took musical theory but like the dude could write a musical easily like he clearly has I don't think he did any schooling I've watched some interviews and stuff with him after it came out and he I think he just was a kid who did this in his room and then evolved it's really impressive like his his Mm. writing skills as a musician are fucking really goddamn impressive like, that song specifically was the one that got me. I'm like, dude, you made a miniature play in, like, five minutes. That's goddamn amazing. And um, I think, yeah, I think what sums it up best, too, is his own line that he uses all the time of, like, is not in this special, but in other things of, like, art is the lie that tells the truth. Because mm-hmm. there's scenes where he's breaking down and crying and stuff, and you're like, I don't know, like, he's probably feeling this way, but he's playing it up, and he's choosing his moments to perform for the camera to convey this exploration of depression and, like, isolation. But it is all a lie at the same time. He's making money off it. It's a comedy special. There's so many wonderful layers to dissect in yeah. that whole special. Yeah, how much of the performance is actually performance right uh, uh. and uh, th- and do you remember the one and only like joke in the whole thing which I thought was fucking fantastic the pirates need to take better care of their fucking maps <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was the only like quote unquote joke that's in the whole thing. That's true. And I it was about that. it was it was great. But um it's um, it's a it's a gut punch though. I cuz I personally I don't know. I I've said before I live in the depressing like one of my favorite movies is like I'll pop on Requiem for a Dream because I it's a fun time. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. I don't understand. Like I, I get as much out of watching a super depressing movie as I do a really really happy one. So I watched this and I was like, what a treat! So funny, yeah, no, and quirky, and interesting. I know. And then I watched it with Heather, and legitimately, like two days later, she's like, I have not been feeling good. <laughs> like, yeah. like what the hell? That special was traumatizing, and I was like, wow. I, yeah. I, I I understand, man. Like it is kind of. It just shows how fucked up we are. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's it's a very unforgiving mirror just held up to you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think that's what I texted you. Is like a, a like an example of how fucked up I am is that I took more away from this than in and of itself, which no, everyone's I, uh, treating like a religious experience. I'm like, this is a fucking religious experience. Well, I mean, you 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 are a depressed, bearded white man and not a sleight of hand artist. <laughs> there is that aspect of it's, it. It's true. Yeah, it's a little more relatable. <laughs> Oh, the what the the um um there it is that funny feeling, um oh. the the quiet comprehension of the ending of it all. It's like oh my god, this song that guts song, me every time I hear it. It's painfully beautiful, and like a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the segments just do the same thing where they push in and out. But I find it especially effective on that one. Because um, well, he's doing that like sort of like '60s folk guy yeah, routine, right? Yeah, he's singing about the end of the world, but now it's like tangible. Kind of, yes, <laughs> yes. It kind of reminded me of like early '90s REM, like this is the end of the world kind of shit on the folky acoustic guitar. But like, what's scary is yeah, he's naming things that have actually happened. You're like, oh, it's not funny anymore. It's like it's a like, Pink no, Floyd song became real. Like this is awful. It's that the the one line he has is so fantastic because it does summarize a lot of what I think a lot of us have been feeling and, and able to articulate, which is that the quiet comprehension of the ending of it all. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it's like it is becoming more and more apparent that things are gonna go fucking crazy before they're not crazy. Or what's the line at the end? Um, what? Uh, Hey, what can you do? It'll be over soon or something like that. I can't no, remember. Exactly. Uh, hey, what can you say? We were overdue. Overdue. But it'll be over yeah. soon. And it's just, just like, wait and see. It, it's so uh, like upbeat, but you're like, yeah, this is the anthem we're all going to be singing, holding hands whenever the world's burning to the yeah. ground. Like, holy what shit, is it, man. Uh, 20,000 years of this, only seven more to yes! go. And you're, like, oh. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. That's, the sad, that's the sad part. You're not wrong. That was the moment I was like, this is very Carlin. Of him, where I'm like, I like, and he's a young dude. Like he's only like thirty. He 30. just turned. He turns thirty in that special. So yeah, in like, the show, yeah. Jesus, but he got man. famous at like fourteen. So him turning yeah. thirty was much more of a tragedy than for the rest of us. That's true. Because he he was the zeitgeist. You know, he was the kid. On and now that he's note, kind of the older know, guy. We're going a little long on the tooth, may I remember. Um, hey, it's our big return to form podcast, everybody. Is. I hope you hope you're enjoying it. This is sick, thick, and fucking. Not gonna be quick. Tricky, uh, tricky, tricky dick. Oh, fuck that guy. Fucking jowled, ugly, big nose <laughs> motherfucker. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I just I'm on my second run through of Seth Rogen's book, your book. Okay. Uh, as someone who loves like Hollywood and Hollywood gossip, um, and insane travel stories, fucked up weird stories, and psychedelic drugs. I think you would enjoy this. <laughs> I think you would enjoy this book. It, I can't. Um, re- it's really good. It's it, it, especially because like a lot of it, like the, my favorite stories from it, are just almost like a behind the scenes of Superbad, 
where you get to see okay. the extended adventures of Seth, Evan, and Fogle, but when they have, like, their freaks and geeks days, so, like, you know, they go on a camping trip that goes to hell, or they all try to go buy weed at this nude beach, you know, like, it's... It's fucking, it's just, it was almost like days to confuse the book with some fucked up stories about Hollywood elite like Tom Cruise and George Lucas. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he told the Cruise story, I think, on uh, Colbert. Yeah, some of them. The, he, the Scientology one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of them he, he said before, but like, oh my God. Yeah, they, also just a testament to that guy. Because, uh, you know, he, he makes it seem so effortless. Like, how did this stoner Canadian get to the... Dude's been working his ass off since he was also 14. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Started yeah, stand-up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before he, his like, voice broke, he did stand-up. Yeah, yeah. He was saying... Well, he's like... there. It was for like... I spent the first 20 years of my career being the youngest kid in the room. Like, it, that's the way it, just, yeah. it was. Um, but, like, my God. What's the amount of stories that guy has accumulated are fucking fantastic. I can't recommend that book enough. There's... Yeah. If you got I, an uh, Audible credit or you're on Amazon, you can pick it up for, uh, there. Uh, fucking funny. And he, of course, he does the we audio book. We are not sponsored by, by Audible, by the way. That's our second Audible uh, Is it? reference in this, in this podcast. Not sponsored by Audible. Listen, those dick rockets aren't going to build themselves, folks. If we're going to go out on a... Uh, on a, a oh, I got one more thing, um, but go ahead. I got, I got one more quick thing. To well, gonna, go ahead. For sure. Um, um, I, I can't get much time to... I have a whole queue of books right now that I'm wanting to get to that have been like shit on because of the past year of having a baby, right? No time to fucking read. But one that I have been slowly making my way through, which is again a really fun exploration of old Hollywood by uh, a psychopath, is Quentin Tarantino's adaptation of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very nice. How is it so far? It's pulpy as shit, which makes sense for a Tarantino adaptation of one of his own fucking stories. But um, it's really good. It's really like he does go on rants about old Hollywood of, of insightful things. He's clearly man's a ge- literal genius. Yeah. Like uh, I think he is part of Mensa, I think. And um, he, he, he has like this photographic memory of every single fucking thing. You can tell in interviews when he's not coked out <laughs> that he just remembers every All detail two of them. Oh, all two of them, yeah. So, well, when he's been promoting this book, he's been doing it sober because he's got, like, a wife and a kid now, so he's cleaned himself up a bit. And he is just, like, he is, like, one of these people who would have kept the the records of humanity before written languages invented type gotcha. brains where he just has every fucking detail. So the book is re- re- very representative of that, of just every little fucking detail of old Hollywood just just smattered across the screen. And then some of the insight into the characters, like the, the dog in Once Upon a Time in I've Hollywood. Heard this. There's a thing He's about a the fighting dog. dog. He's a fighting dog. They take him to fight, and he win fights, and uh, the, what, how that all kind of comes to a head, I will not spoil because everyone should read it. It's a really fun little ending to to that story of how he ends up with the cliff, ends up with the dog. Okay. Um, but it's great. There's so many moments like that of like these little moments. You rewatch the movie after reading the book, and you're like, ah, this movie is so already was so layered. Is so much more layered now. Just That's knowing all these little little backstories that would have been discussed on set and read by the actors before to uh, inform their performance and everything, and, and reading it all now is fantastic. I've heard little nuggets because, like, I like that movie, but I wasn't floored by it like I expected to be. Um, mostly because I just love those two leads; they have a very Paul Newman, Robert Redford thing going about them. Um, my second viewing, I love. It's my favorite Tarantino now. Yeah, I've only seen it twice. It gets, and the second time, I'm like, yeah, it gets better. When I rewatch it, um, mostly because Cliff is one of my favorite Tarantino characters ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Fair that character is endlessly. Fa- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, fair enough. 
kick the uh, shit out of Bruce Lee. One of my favorites is uh, at the very end when he lights up the LSD cigarette. He's like, and away we go. We go. Yeah. And when the, the dog food plops, too. He's yeah. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's work. Nah, I was so <laughs> more stupid than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that character is, there's some, I don't know what it is. It's partially the, the, the performance. And it's partially just the dialogue again, but I'm like, there's something endlessly fascinating about that guy. And what I love is he kind of spoiled it in a podcast I listened to. I forget which one it was. Tarantino, like, implicates he was in the service and Cliff has killed motherfuckers. He's a straight up murderer. Oh, yeah. Like, not just his he, wife. Like, like, there were um, other people. Well, that's that's definitively answered whether or not he did or did not kill his wife. But the, they do go into his military career of him being, um, uh, having the most kills during not Vietnam. And he worked with, like, like an underground resistance um, with uh, like people within it was Vietnam right he was in Nam or was I believe he in the timeline that would make Korea. sense it, yeah I think it was Vietnam in Korea too because he's mm. an older guy but I don't remember but he worked with like the so he's like the, the Frederick Zoller of Korea yeah so the, the whole thing is like he's famous for having the most confirmed kills but unconfirmed kills like the answer to how many is who fucking knows because there's just so many <laughs> And it's great. It's just all the information about about every character getting so deep in their psyche is really well done. Hmm. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad book recommendations. Got to, yeah, I'm, we can have a new segment, man. Whole new yeah, segment of actual books. Speaking Book of action new, podcast. Yeah. Speaking of new segments, I li- I like to test one out if I may. This is all new to the listeners and to you, Chris. Let's go out on a new segment. Let's let's let's. Uh, arouse people's attention if it doesn't work it doesn't work and this will be a one and done folks but we're gonna give it a shot Mm. i like to close out each episode by a a subject a question that relates back to the subject matter uh i will pose it to chris in a little segment i call dc's questions oh oh dc's questions of the week all right so here we go my question for you, Chris Carson. Okay, okay. In the series, Loki, we clearly saw that not only can you meet a variant of yourself, you can, like, hang out with them. It's not like, you know, Back to the Future rules where if you interact with them, it's going to fuck up the timeline or anything. You can kiss Wait, them. Back to the Future was a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> as, as per fucking <laughs> Ant-Man. What I'm getting at, Chris, my question yes. of the week is, would you fuck your variant self? Um, a lady variant or a, a just, uh, just another me? Listen, I mean, I don't want to fucking place assumptions. You know, the answer here. is that's the not, same that's, for that's both. That's not what I'm here to do. The answer is the same for both, and the answer is yes. Because it's not like it's nothing wrong. It's not, it's like it's not a masturbatory at that point. No, no, I would I would be curious what my dick feels like in my mouth. You got it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think there's no one who doesn't say yes to that. Right, yeah. Unless you're, like, unless you're like super homophobic and shit, man. I don't think it Bruh. counts as being gay, because it's not gay when I jerk off. It's still right, my exactly. hand. It's the variant of my like, hand. If, to be fair, you can't reach your dick with your mouth, unless you're, like, a gymnast. Uh, but I can send you some pictures from the internet that say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say a tubby, older, white guy with a belly can't. Uh, so. uh, as per my previous statement, <laughs> I didn't say they lived. <laughs> I didn't say they enjoyed it. 
Well, I think. Uh, what about? Do, do you do I bounce the question back to you, or is this just a for a Chris Carson question? I mean, I obviously I say yes, dude. Come on, you gotta say you, you just gotta just do it. Yeah. Even though I think I don't, I have to say I think the male version of me would probably be a better option because I can only imagine the beastly creature that would be a female Chris Carson. That's true. <laughs> we didn't take that into consideration because There'd he be does, hygiene issues. Because we're, be we're, we're not all Tom Hiddleston. But then the black Loki turned out like not looking like Tom Hiddleston at all. What if there was like a a, a black husky female Loki? You know, like that, that's that's things I need to know. Yeah. If yeah, we're gonna be talking about fucking them. And <laughs> fucking, just fucking, um, fucking. <clears throat> hey, also, um, uh, why would there? Why shouldn't they all be frost giants? Or are there realities where Loki's like just like not even a fucking frost giant? I thought they were. Is that? But then why aren't they all frost giant blue? Um, why was it Loki Hiddle, frost giant Hiddleston blue? Stuff. I thought it's they only turn frost giant blue whenever they're near the Odenheim. Is that it? I thought so because he only turns blue that one time whenever he goes to see his dad. So it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, 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 Odin's magic keeping him looking like an Asgardian. No, it was... I, if I remember right, in the first one, they they take him away from the frost giants and he immediately turns into a little bibbe Tom Tom Hiddleston. A little bibbe, a little bibble Hiddleston. Bibbe. It's the AKA the White Walkers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that one didn't really yeah. hold together. There, first they like they had to poke him in the forehead as babies to make him into white babies. walkers, but then they babies. could just resurrect some dead people. So that one didn't really. Hey, you know, uh, we should go out. Uh, I'm I'm now going to make us go out on a on a weird nerd nitpick that no. Thor doesn't make sense anymore. The nine realms don't make sense anymore, because are they dimensions? So does that mean like Asgard's another dimension of of time and space? Are they just in another galaxy? I and how come the they can just fly away from their flat Earth in a spaceship and go and go to Earth? Right? Didn't they say in? Ragnarok, it's it's just on another plane of the galaxy. Like you can travel to Asgard, like in a space shuttle, could you not? But that's they do after they blow it up at the end of yeah. uh, Ragnarok, they yeah. fly to Earth in a space shuttle. But they in the first Thor when he's doing that tree thing, it's like the nine realms are different, like dimensions of Listen, reality. You gonna trust what that guy? It? What are the what are, you, what are the fucking gonna, realms? That guy. It's 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 probably <laughs> just like some fucking nebula, you know. You know what I'm saying off in the middle of the guy. It's like and flat too. It's a flatter. He don't know. Fucking Asgardians uh, don't know shit. Do you think flat earthers watch the first Thor and go like, "Ick, fucking exactly." Um, yes, 100%. They probably jerk off when they see that one shot of, like, the water cascading yeah. off the edge. It's like, exactly like that. No, there, there, yeah. there's, an, there's supposed to be, sorry, an ice wall that keeps it all in. Sorry, I didn't oh, want to disrespect the flat earth theory. Oh, you mean on Earth? Because on Asgard, it's just a waterfall. They just have a waterfall water that from. falls off into the cosmos, which in, as a sci-fi nerd drives me goddamn insane, but... As a science yeah, nerd, that's it just why bugs the fuck out of me. But whatever, it's a, it's I get well, it. It's a Marvel movie. It's not. It's a Marvel movie, but but maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're in another dimension. Maybe like Earth is the third dimension. So it's just like, you know, you go there, you're in the seventh fucking dimension. But you're shooting a Marvel movie, you just gotta shoot actors in front of a blue screen. I think, maybe that's the idea. See, that's what's gonna be interesting about this multiverse shit is somehow they're gonna have to find a way to rein it all in. In terms of just like, yeah. you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's space, gonna be, time, dimensions, and uh, multiverses. Uh, it's oh. going to be interesting. We got a lot, we crazy. Got a lot to see. Look forward to. Yeah, well, I guess true. I guess that wraps up that, that, that segment right there. I, I think, think that, that went well. Our, our, I think that went very well. Our supersized uh, <laughs> return to form, right? I mean, we only. Wait, we we only, have to ask, right? <laughs> right? Did it? 
listeners did it? If you it? have to ask your partner know. after sex if it was good sex, <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, great. All right. I intro this fucker. Why don't you take this bad boy home? Ladies and gentlemen, that <laughs> concludes <laughs> our episode of Space Action Podcast this week. Tune in next week or whenever we manage to get down to doing this again. Um, that's it. We out. That's it. Bye, guys. Bye.